May you always be captive by her love. Boy, I hope that describes your marriage. But if it doesn't, then you can get there. You know, uh, Stephen Hawkins is probably the most famous physicist since Albert Einstein. He's the guy who the film The Theory of Everything was kind of centered around. You know, he discovered black holes, a few things like that. He was recently, I found this fascinating, I stumbled across it, he was recently interviewed by New Science Magazine. I'm sure you get that every month. And uh, one question that they asked him and his response really blew me away. What do you think about most during any day? That's what he was asked. He said, women. That was his answer, women. He says, they are a complete mystery. I just found that fascinating. Not much I have to say about it other than that was fascinating. And uh, I'm really glad that we have a lot more answers than he does as men of God. And uh, this, this woman that God gave you, as Adam said, you know, the woman you gave me, she's not that big of a mystery. You just need to really, really imitate the humility of Jesus in that relationship. And if God gave you that woman for no other reason, it's to make you more like Christ. And no other relationship will do that more than your marriage. You can't fake it in that relationship. But if we saw in the last session that imitating the humility of Jesus singly by itself can transform any marriage wherever it's at. And I may have just saved you hundreds of dollars in marital counseling. Then I will tell you that the point of this session is simply to say what your wife needs more than anything else from you is to be led. Whether she realizes it or not, whether she told you that in the last end of that last session or not, what she's really saying, whatever she said there, is, honey, I just need you to lead me. To to be Christ, if you will, to me, to lead me like Jesus leads his church, the bride. Ephesians 5, I won't take time to read it, but it says... That in the same way, you know, husbands, we ought to love our wives as we love our own bodies. we got to feed it and take care of it, just as Christ does the church. And he goes on and he says, you know, I'm not really talking about marriage. I'm I'm talking about the church. And just uh, the relationship that Christ is to the church is the model of how we need to lead our wives. Do you really want Jesus leading the church? Man, I've been a disciple now for 38, 39 years. I have to stop and count. And I will tell you that I've seen leaders come and go. 
When I went back in the ministry about six years ago, I interviewed in a church in Florida that had 21 different ministers in 22 years. Yeah, that's what I saw when I saw the church, too. And I will just tell you, that's not what your wife wants. She, she wants Christ leading her. And I'm thankful that in the church, we've been reminded that Christ is ultimately the one who's leading us. And everything comes back to, guys, everything comes back to Jesus. If I want to fix anything in my life, in my ministry, it's just, what would Jesus do? How would he act? Who would he be? There are frequent times that I will just go back to the Gospels for my quiet times and a fresh look at the ministry, the life, the character of Jesus. And so understand, that's the simple point of everything I'm going to say in the next few minutes, is that your wife has one basic need for you to lead her, whether she realizes that or will verbalize that to you or not. Now, let me hold your attention here and put this concept in terms that you're going to really tune in, because I'm going to talk about sex for a moment. You'd be disappointed if I didn't. My sons are a little nervous over there. Hey, hey, this is as weird for me as it is for you, okay? Maybe, maybe even more so. But I got news for you. You came from somewhere, okay? You, you, think, you think about that. We did it more than twice, okay? We did it more than three times. Uh, just a thought. They, that probably blew them away right there. They didn't know that. They thought it was three times. Okay. Uh, cowboys have, uh, have really had a rough season. Man, I'm tired of saying that. Uh, I've been in Dallas five years, and we've had some rough seasons. Started off very promising. And uh, I thought I would share just one cowboy illustration with you because the person I'm going to share about is a Florida Gator. So come on. Brian, come on. And uh, he's an ex-cowboy but an ex-Florida Gator. Come on, Reuben. Great to have Reuben here. And uh, Deion Saunders. That's not him, but Deion Saunders was known for his excessive celebrating whenever he did anything. And Emmett Smith, another cowboy at the time, only led the NFL in rushing touchdowns, no big deal, scored 150 touchdowns compared to Deion Saunders, who scored 22. But I'll tell you, on one occasion after a game they played, in a post-game press conference, a reporter asked Smith, Emmett Smith, why don't you celebrate like Deion when you get into the end zone? Emmett Smith just paused before answering, and he said, looking up, Dion doesn't get there very often. Nice. Nice. Wow. Dude, I, I love that. 
I was going to work that in somewhere. I just love that. And, well, this is what I'm going to tell you right now. Some of you are like Dion. You don't get there very often. Seriously. And so, man, when you do, you know, once a month, you're pretty excited about it. You're telling your friends. Listen, listen, what I am going to share with you right now is how you can become the Emmett Smith of your marriage. Where it's just, yeah, it's just no big deal. That's kind of what we do every day. Are you with me, guys? I got your attention, I think. You know, uh, you're, you're right to first of all understand there's some real differences in, in how men and women think about sex. And I think we, we, we've read stuff on this now. This is no mystery. You didn't pay for the whole weekend to hear that. But let me kind of boil it all down for you because we don't have a lot of time to spend on this. Here's the biggest difference I have found in 36 years of marriage. I'm usually constantly thinking about it when I'm around my wife, and she's usually not. <laughs> Hardly ever. Okay, so that's, that's about all you really need to know about the difference between how men and women view sex. Okay, I, I've saved you a lot of reading and a lot of money on books. But I, I do want you to know that you can simply expect your romance from a man who's been married 36 years to have real peaks. Man, when you sum it, it is great. But it also is going to have valleys. And you're going to find at different stages in your life, you're going to have peaks, and you're going to have valleys, and you're going to say, what the heck is going on? And I'm just telling you, it has nothing to do that you procreate like rabbits the first year of marriage, and then you don't have sex much but once a month after that. I know people, I myself, uh, there, there's no rhyme or reason truly to it. It comes, it goes, the Lord giveth, the Lord taketh away, blessed be the name of the Lord. But I will say this, I will say this, if you don't use it, you really do lose it. And so you've got to stay in the habit of doing whatever it takes, like Emmett Smith, to get there. Now, the Bible says, do not deprive one another sexually, except when you do for an agreed time, and that to devote yourself to prayer. So, you know, maybe you might try when you're ready to go to bed at 9, and she says, not tonight, honey. And you say, oh, are we going to pray together? <laughs> Just a thought. And then we're going to have sex, right? But, uh, I don't know, I'm so out of my notes right now, it's not even funny. Uh, I'm trying to see where I'm going to jump back in. But, you know... Wow, how do I get back in these notes? Uh, Evan Smith, Smith, man, that's a great guy there. Let me, uh, let me get back in my notes by saying this. I, I'm going to help you get there more often. If you will just understand three things about leading your wife, all under this umbrella of leading your wife. I call it the three P's. P -p 
Because I know how, as Connie started this whole thing off, how stupid guys are, okay? You, you're going to say, what did you guys, you know, you're going to go to dinner tonight, and your wife's going to say, what did, what did Mark talk about? And I don't want you to be embarrassed. I don't want you to get red. I don't want you to start trying to make things up. Just remember, oh, they, help me out, they all started with P, okay? P. So the first one is, your wife needs you to praise her. Why am I talking about these three Ps? Because these are three things that if you will do them in leading your wife, guys, I'll just warn you, she is not going to be able to keep her hands off you. I'm sorry, but if you don't want that, you just need to leave right now. Okay? If you just, you just don't want that because no, no woman can resist this. My wife can't. Three Ps in leading her. It, it, you know, just think of it this way. If, if I could tell you that they have finally discovered it in a bottle, you just need to put some on. In the old days, in my teen years, we thought it was, uh, what was that, Old Spice? You remember that, Scott? And then it was Brute Fabergé. Man, I would put that on everywhere, man. It was like, you know, 12 bucks and you're set. If I, if I could convince you that I had something like that, a product like, okay, handle with care. Here it is, Marty. Okay, look out. Uh, you, you would probably be just lining up here to go buy the stuff. I am telling you, that's what this is like. The first one, praise her. You see, what you may need to know, and it may shock you, is that, okay, I hope you're taking notes here, guys. Harshness is not an aphrodisiac. Okay, that's a biggie, okay? I, I know I'm blowing some of your minds, but just think about the results, okay? This is true. A man from Berlin, Germany, took an unusual approach to try to bring peace to his marriage. CNN reported that the man was using an old air raid siren to stun his wife into submission. You gotta like the Germans. You know, they tried to conquer the world twice in one century. You gotta like the Germans. He said, my wife never lets me get a word in edgewise. So I crank up the siren and let it rip for a few minutes. It works every time. Afterwards, it gets real quiet again. The 73-year-old man, Vladimir, said of his 220-volt rooftop siren that was recently confiscated by police because the neighbors were complaining. Yeah, he didn't get there very often either. It's real quiet afterwards. He's right. Harshness, guys, is not an aphrodisiac. And yet how stupid are we to treat our wives still harshly? How attracted to Christ would you be if there was no grace, all truth? And yet, Christ models the marriage relationship. 
the groom, the church, the bride. Listen, I've been through a lot like you, a lot. I, I got on my body the marks of what I've been through. And I would say 90% of what I've been through as a disciple over the last uh, decades, almost four decades now, has been awesome. I wouldn't be the man I am today if it wasn't for Christ and men in my life. But that 10%, man, if that was reversed and it was 90 harsh and 10% grace, I wouldn't want any part of Christ in his church. Let's just lay it out. And so the bottom line here is, you know, you, you've got passages like Song of Songs, verse 6. And I, I want to read this just simply because it's so stunning to us in this day and age. He says, you are as beautiful, verse 4, as Tisra, my darling. By the way, that's not another woman, okay? As lovely as Jerusalem, as majestic as troops with banners. Turn your eyes from me, they overwhelm me. And I tell people, my wife had me with her eyes. Those deep blue eyes that Cheryl even referred to amazingly. Your hair looks like a flock of goats descending from Gilead. That's a compliment. See, that's why you ain't getting any. Your teeth. Your teeth are like flocks of sheep coming up from the washing. Each one has its twin. Thank you, Jerry Sugarman. None of them are missing. Your temples behind your veil, well, they're like halves of pomegranates. We'll just leave that right there, but he's talking about her breast. What's my point? Well, we laugh at that, but let me just say this. In your own 20 first century way, make a list of what you appreciate about your wife. Be specific. He was. Be, do it publicly. My goodness, he did. We're reading about it thousands of years later. Do it often. He sure did. Just didn't read you the only chapter of Song of Songs. You know, Mark Twain has so many great things to say. He said that he could go two months on a good compliment. Brothers, you better understand this. You ain't married to Mark Twain. You go two months without complimenting your wife, and you ain't going to get there very often. She can't go two months. In fact, I think she's more like Hebrews 3.13. Encourage her daily. You build that woman God gave you up daily. I mean, after all, she's married to you. She needs it daily. But I'm telling you, I love to tell my wife what I appreciate about her. I don't know if it's just because I'm really, really, really smart or because I just was born with 100% Italian genes. 
not like 25%. I mean, I'm 100, okay? I got the real blood in me. And so I just tell you, from day one when we were dating, I would write her the longest letters, the cards. I had a bill at the florist in Charleston, Illinois, with my cafeteria money that I earned by getting up at 5 a.m. to refill the milk for all the sleepy students coming down in the, the, the mess hall there, the cafeteria. I had a bill, no joke, Connie saw it, that was pages long at the downtown florist. Because I was just determined I wasn't going to let Marty Fuquay get that woman. And he was on the hunt back then, right in that ministry. I'm going to outmaneuver this guy. He was too cheap to get Connie at that time. Hey, man, he got a great wife. He got the wife that God intended him to have, and she is awesome. And they have an awesome marriage. But I'm just saying, I'm not going to be outworked by anybody. And, and, and some of you are being outworked right now by Satan because your wife's taking hit after hit after hit. Her self-esteem is taking a bruising, whether it's from her parenting or what she faces at work or when she looks in the mirror. And I'll tell you what, how she sees herself is so much tied into how you express it. Just as how we view ourselves is not how we see ourselves, what a wretched man I am, Paul says. But thanks be to God who gives me the victory through Jesus Christ. Where would you be today if you saw yourself as men see you rather than how Jesus sees you? And and this is what we're talking about. We're not talking about Christ in the church. We're talking about marriage right now, but the parallel is there. So much more I could say about it. Guys, we've got to get good at leaving little notes. We've got to get beyond text messaging. I mean, before I even thought about my lesson for the retreat a week ago, I was in Costco, and I just sent her a note in Costco. I said, I can't stop thinking about you. Now, we've been married 36 years. That note was very sincere. How do you think she feels when she gets that note, that little text message? And so I'm just saying, have fun with it, man. Uh, If if you're not Italian, then, then, then take one out to lunch. They always like to eat. And just say, uh, just say, what do you do naturally that is so hard for me to even figure out and will help you? Uh, you know, if I could just say this, and I don't mean this in a disrespectful way, Marty was awesome when we were, remember when we were students together? He, uh, he had a little rougher go at figuring out the dating thing than I did. I, is that fair to say? I mean, I'm not trying to be condescending here. And, and to Marty's huge credit, he would pull me aside. We lived one floor apart in Carmen Hall, the men's dorm there. We called it Sodom and Gomorrah. And uh, we would go into the fire well. You remember that? And he would say, dude, what, what do I need to do here? I, I like this girl, and I don't know what to do next, and I don't know what she's thinking. And we would sit there literally for eons of time talking, and I would have other things. I was asking him just how do I, you know, make it spiritually. This guy was a spiritual giant. But the one thing I could offer back a little bit at that time was, was some dating input. And it, was a, it bonded us for life. Marty's one of my dearest best friends. Uh, I, I sent him a message a few days ago on his birthday. And I'm telling you, that's how I feel about you, man. He's a, we're not together in the same ministry, but we are together. And so I'm just saying, guys, you know, humble out here and figure out how to praise your wife. And, and you cannot do this enough. If you're not doing this, 
dude, you're not getting there very often. I'm just telling you, you're not. And, you know, you can give us your little Deion Sanders high five, but, you, you know, you ain't getting there very often. You know it. Okay, point number two. I only got three. This is one of the biggies I had to learn. It begins with the P. Protect her. Boy, does she need protecting. Now, I spent 20 years in L.A. So many wonderful highlights. I love this ministry. I love the leadership. It's so great to be back with Ron and Cheryl, Jerry and Erlen, Ron and Renee. I'm just telling you, one of the highlight memories was going through the Northridge earthquake. Dude, that was so awesome. My wife was scared to death. I said, do you realize how lucky we are? The kids were holding on to her legs saying, are we going to die? And she was saying, I hope not. And I was just saying, isn't this awesome? Because no one gets to experience this hardly. We were at ground zero in Northridge there. But the other thing I remember is the old J trial. Remember that? And uh, the white uh, low-speed chase, the Bronco. We were out celebrating Connie's 40th birthday with the kids at a restaurant that was later destroyed by the earthquake. And uh, we were watching this on the news. Uh, You know, at the bar of the restaurant, everyone was gathered around. There's OJ on the low-speed chase. The thing, you say, why am I bringing this in to protect her? Well, one thing that I learned from that trial was the late Johnny Cochran. Man, what a great lawyer that guy was. He turned the whole trial on its ears that we in L.A. were all riveted to. For that matter, the whole world was. Remember with those gloves? And uh, he, he did this famous thing in his closing arguments. He says, if it doesn't fit, you must acquit. You still remember that. You know, they said years later that when the jury walked out of that room, they just kept saying that in their mind. It was like, you know, it's a small world. When you go to Disneyland, you can't get it out of your head. If it, must, if it doesn't fit, you must acquit. If it doesn't fit, you must acquit. They came back, I think, four hours later and acquitted. Four hours. Well, Connie and I, actually I, have thought of one for you that I want it to be like it's a small world in your little pea brain. If you, here it is, are you ready? If your wife's not protected, you get neglected. Dude, come on, that's good. I'm telling you, You just let that ring through your little pea brain there. If your wife is not protected, you get neglected. Connie used to tell me so many times in our young marriage the exact quote, I just don't feel protected by you. Dude, I no more got that then I get into why women have 40 pairs of shoes. And I do fine with four. I don't get it. But I will tell you, I heard that so many times in our young marriage, and it it really affected our early years of marriage that I didn't get that. And, And what she was really saying was that she was desperate to be 
protected by me. And let me bring it down even more clearly. To be led by me. You go through the 23rd Psalm. The Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my protector. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. What would your wife say she lacks right now in your relationship? He makes me. Boy, if that doesn't describe my marriage right now, honey, you are going to go to yoga this week. Don't tell me you don't have time to go to yoga. She needs the release, the de-stressing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. I actually had to look up three L.A. fitnesses in Dallas. Hey, I saw you have those out here now. That's pretty cool. When did you get those? Anyway, uh, <laughs> but she, she belongs to L.A. Fitness in Dallas, and uh, I looked up three within driving distance of our house and printed out the yoga schedule seven days a week and said, you're going to find three of those where you can make this happen. I don't care how busy we are. And, and, and he makes me lie down by green pastures. He leads me besides quiet waters. You walk home at night after you've worked hard all day and you're exhausted, and maybe you have, maybe you're blessed to have a stay-at-home wife, or maybe she's worked too, and she comes home, and it's homework time. Hey, honey, you go upstairs, take a bath, run the water, I'll do the homework tonight. Go to bed, I'll do the dishes. You just go to bed. He, he leads me by quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. What refreshes your wife's soul? Well, praising her will certainly do that, but I think just being a spiritual man refreshes another person's soul. I mean, do you not get refreshed when you're around a spiritual person? You want me to flesh it out for you? Read your Bible. Read it in front of your wife. Let her see you daily, daily reading your Bible. Marty Fuqua is such a great example of that. As long as I've known Marty, he sits at the kitchen table and he reads this worn-out Bible with his coffee every morning. He just said true. It is true. And his kids and his wife have seen that all their days. Uh, Pray with your wife. Let your kids pray with you and your wife occasionally if you have young kids or older kids at home. Seek forgiveness when you mess up. I guarantee you, my sons remember times when I went to the family and I said, I lost my temper here. I'm sorry. I did this. I need to ask for your forgiveness. Uh, Give a, a significant of your time, your income to the church. Honor your father and mother. My wife's parents are... 86. Three years ago, without telling the long story, I drove her up there. We studied the Bible with their parents for a week at the age of 83, and they both are your brother and sister in Christ today. And you don't think my wife is happy about that? It's quite a story. 
but honor her, her father, honor her mother. Don't curse. I can't say I've ever gone through my married life and not cursed in front of my wife, even as a man of God. I don't curse as a rule, but I will tell you, the few times I did it, I, I, it's like putting a knife in my wife's back. I, I can't think of anything that hurts her more than me swearing out of anger or stupidity. Seek advice from others. That refreshes the soul when your wife sees your humility. Talk to others about Jesus. I mean, how about it, guys? We, we, uh, we moved into a new neighborhood four, ye- uh, four years ago. We moved in a year ago into a new neighborhood, an hour away from where we were living. We've seen four of our neighbors in the last year become disciples because we work together as a team. We moved in. Two weeks after we moved in, we still were unpacking. It was Halloween. Uh, a month later, 1st of December, we had an open house for our entire neighborhood. Had 18 families come. People walked into our house. They were blown away. They said, how long have you been here? We've been here a year. You moved in a month ago, and you're having us over? We weren't even unpacked in a, in a year. We're still unpacking. And I'm just saying, I very kindly made that happen in leading our family. If it was left up to my wife, we would not have had that open house. And I don't say that because my wife isn't a servant. She blows, she shames me in how she serves. But I'm just saying, you know, we're going to move into a new neighborhood that God gave us, and we're going to make an impact. And a year later, we have four new neighbors who are disciples that we studied with and met and invited and I'm just telling you to understand that you've got to, you know, lead, you've got to refresh her soul by leading her spiritually. He guides me, it says back in Psalm 23, along the right path for his namesake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley. Yeah, here your husband has cancer. The provider has cancer. It was much harder on Connie that I had a serious form of cancer than she did. Uh, that, that she would have felt better if she had had the cancer because, guys, let me just lay it out. What's my wife going to do if something happens to me? And I, I'm just saying, you know, I, I think she'll be the first to tell you, man, Mark has done great through this. He totally trusts God. And I've steadied her hand through this. Now, she's been an incredible servant to me. But I've got to lead her, guys, spiritually through this dark valley. I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Yeah, when I took the rod to those two boys over there, it comforted her. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> and they are, they are really good boys. I'm proud of them as, as their mom. Um, there, there are so many areas, guys, where your wife is crying out right now to be led spiritually. But if you, uh, if you don't protect her, you're going to get neglected. And I want you to remember that. You know, there, there's an old joke, but it's so true. When a woman says she's going to bed... If she's like my wife, she wipes down the counters, loads and starts the dishwasher, 
preps the coffee maker in the morning, for the morning, moves a load of clothes from the washer to the dryer, my sons know this is true, locks the doors, checks on the sleeping baby, picks up in the family room, turns off the lights, brushes her teeth, and goes to bed. That's what a wife does when she says she's going to bed, right? Let me tell you what a guy does when he says he's going to bed. If he has enough energy, he turns off the TV and he goes to bed. And if you're like me, a lot of times I don't even turn off the TV. Your wife really, really needs you to protect her. I'll tell you, the greatest enemy to sexual fulfillment in your marriage, I really believe, especially as you age, is fatigue. My wife will tell me, boy, it's not that I don't want to spend time together, but, but I'm just so tired. And so we've had to make adjustments. Uh, you know, when I was younger, I'll just be frank, nighttime was awesome time. We'd get those little Indians in bed. And that's why you went to bed at 8.30, if you're wondering. I'm just saying. You, you, can, you can play with your Legos. I don't care. Just go to your bedroom. It's 8.30. And that, that was mommy and daddy time. And that's why you have a sister. Uh, that was a surprise. But I'm telling you, now as we age, uh, you know, I'm, I'm still... Marty, I'm still fine at night. Fine at night, fine at midnight, fine at 2 a.m. Just wake me up. I'm fine. But, but I am telling you the truth. Uh, I'm 58. No, I'm 59. Why? I just lost a year. I'm 59. That's scary. And I will tell you, even with me, uh, that the best time is the morning time. And so, you know, we've learned to adjust. But, uh, you know, find ways to create memories. I will only have to think of one city, Zurich, Switzerland. And, dude, I ain't thinking about the Alps. I'm not thinking about the Matterhorn. I'm not thinking about Swiss cheese. I am just telling you, I had a, uh, a sexual experience with my wife in Zurich that we still talk about to this day. And I say, why does this have to be so unique? But it was pretty blow away. I could tell you, but I don't want to embarrass the boys. And, and, and frankly, frankly, it's none of your business anyway. But, uh, but, but I'm, I'm just saying, you don't have to take your wife to Zurich. Just create a memory. And, uh, you know, we as a family, we have a lot of great memories. Uh, you know, our, our family used to go to Florida a lot for family vacations. And, boy, what awesome memories those are. I think sexually it's up to the husband, too, to work to create some, some significant memories. And, uh, you know, uh, occasionally say, hey, you remember that time in Zurich? Yeah, yeah I do. Why can't we do that more often? Well, I'm 60 years old. Okay, well, amen. Uh, that, 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 that may be true, but we, we, I'll tell you what, we have a great sex life at 59, at 60. Uh, it's a different sex life, and I like some of the differences, just so I say it. 
But if you don't protect her, you will get neglected. Are you with me? And rest, spiritually leading, is huge. The final thing, and it's a P, guys, P, 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 is simply to pamper her. Pamper her. And I've kind of hit on some of the stuff I was going to hit on already here. I, I, I was going to share about Zurich and how I pampered her on that trip. But, again, you can't handle the truth. You can't. You guys just happy to score a touchdown. So when, when you get to that level, come and I'll share and we'll, we'll, we'll take it to the next level. But I would just frustrate you right now if I shared the details of, of how I pampered her there and what the result was. But, uh, you know, I, I, I would close my thoughts out here by talking about and pampering ways to be romantic. And, uh, again, this is not hard stuff. But for some of you, it's harder than others, okay? Some of you are more German. And so you, you think, man, if I only had one of those World War II sirens. Uh, I'm Italian. This stuff kind of came easy for me. But I have to remind myself to keep excelling in it. And so let me give you some ways that women say they feel their husbands can pamper them. And we'll kind of wind our thoughts down with some good little thoughts here to send you on your little hopeful way. (laughs) Number one, be sensitive to her needs. Ask her. Ask her the question, What can I do for you today, honey? Wow. When was the last time you got up and that was one of the things you did in the morning? Honey, what can I do for you today? You got to ask her sometimes. Yeah, if you're always having to ask her, you probably need to go get your eyes checked because there's stuff everywhere to do. But sometimes ask her, what's the most helpful thing I could do for you today? Let me take something off your plate. Dude, I'm telling you how to get there. Look more serious. You guys look bored. Man, come on. You're not getting there very often. Work with me. Number two, this is huge. Hug, cuddle, snuggle, touch, stroke. Notice what's not on the list. You guys always want what's not on the list. (laughs) Ann Landers. A lot of you don't even know who she is. Famous columnist who was given advice in a newspaper. You're saying, what's a newspaper? I know, okay, whatever. Ann Landers asked her readers, her daily readers, Would you be content to be held close and treated tenderly and forget about the act? She says she was swamped with 100,000 replies in four days. This is before the Internet. This is like 1980. 72% of those 100,000 in the first four days Answer, yes, they would be content to just snuggle. That's right, Dion. And no doubt, 
No doubt, the other 28% were men. Guys, I've had young married women who will remain nameless actually say to my wife and I, I just want him to hold my hand when we walk together. I've asked him to hold my hand and he bristles back. I mean, you start just opening the car door for your wife as second nature to you, dude, you're going to get there more often. I'm just telling you, you're going to get there more often. You know, we need to get out of this stage where we're driving off while your wife is getting in the car, okay? (laughs) And then uh, thirdly, this is the other thing, women. Now, this is what women are saying to you, okay? So don't get an attitude towards me. Give her a card and a handwritten note they said. Guys, you can just Google it these days. You don't even have to be creative. Google, nice notes to write your wife, and they'll come up. Okay, you know, I, I'm just telling you, you got to you gotta meet these guys where they're at, Marty, Okay. They, they've, been, they've been paraphrasing all their life. They've been plagiarizing. Come on, man. I'm, I'm just saying you can Google anything these days. I'll tell you what some of the most awesome things I have found. This is our little secret in the tape right here. Just go to some of the, uh, the books and r- read the dedication, the little paragraph at the beginning of the book that a guy like Max Licato says to his wife, a guy who really knows how to use words then put it in your own words if you have a conscience. (laughs) But, guys, guys, the point is, the point is she wants to hear from you, okay? More than a text. More than a text. Hey, are you getting the kids after soccer today? That ain't going to do it, okay? And then... Number four, surprise her with a special thoughtful gift. Dude, I bet you've never thought of that one. You know what my wife just, she'll she'll tear my clothes off if I do this. Okay, I'm just letting you in on a little secret. Is we have one, we have one cotton-picking Dunkin' Donut around where we live. You guys have those out here, Dunkin' Donuts? We have one. One. You got one in Canyon Country? It's a little dangerous to drive there, but brave it. Uh, and, and, you know, I will occasionally go out of my way to hit that Dunkin' Donut before I've got to figure it figured out 3 o'clock because they'll still have some double chocolate donuts. Dude, dude, I, I just rubbed the thing on me. And I'm going to get lucky. I... I don't know what your wife's button is, but you know the wrong buttons. You've been pushing them. You need to find some new buttons there, guy. And I'll tell you a good one is send her flowers, but here's where you're blowing it. Send the flowers to work where she works. Dude, dude. Okay, that's all I'm going to say, dude. Pray with her. And compliment her at least once a day. 
attitude. You're going to blow Deion Saunders away just praying with her. I mean, this is so, I'm embarrassed to even share. I mean, they paid money to fly me out here, and I'm sharing, like, kindergarten stuff with you, and I feel bad. But I've got I to gotta help you here. You're not Italian. You're, you, you know, maybe, maybe some of you are 20%. Speccarelli's out there. How, how, what, what percentage are you guys? 50? Okay. Okay. That's great. That's great. You could be probably up here helping, but I'm trying to help that other 13% there, okay? You, you know, listen up. You may catch something. And then uh, finally, uh, just set aside a consistent date slot that belongs to just her in the given month. She's not even saying week. Can you believe that? What a selfish woman God gave you. I would say this. I would say, and what we've tried to work with our marriage on in Dallas in my region, is twice a month, take your wife out on a date. You plan one, and you ask your wife to plan the other one. It can be a double date. It can be a triple date. It can be a solo date. Yeah, you can do that as married. Uh, but it's a date. You each take turns planning it. And I will just tell you that uh, you've got to put it in your calendar. Dude, I have to put my sex life in my calendar now. So don't any of you look at my calendar. You'll be blown away. But I, I'm just saying, we don't schedule things at this age. It ain't happening, okay? It just ain't happening. And so those are some of the things, those are just some of the things that women are saying make them feel pampered. Are you with me there? And so the three Ps will turn you in from a little wimpy Deion Saunders to the NFL touchdown rushing champion of your sector, of your neighborhood, of your workplace. And you won't even be celebrating because it's like, oh, yeah, that was yesterday. <laughs> I close with what it means to be a lover. And I'll just read this in closing. Everything today, guys, is just kind of all under that umbrella in this session. Boy, does your wife just need you to lead her. Praise her protect her, and pamper her. And you'll lead her like Christ has led you in such a great way. I close. What does it mean to be a lover? It's more than just being married to or making love to someone. Millions of people are married. Millions of people have sex. But few Understand few are real lovers. To be a real lover, you must commit to and participate in the perpetual dance of intimacy with your partner. You are a lover when you appreciate the gift that your spouse is and celebrate that gift every day. Boy, does that sum up the class. You are a lover when you remember that your spouse does not belong to you. She is on loan from God. You are a lover when you realize that nothing that happens between you 
will be insignificant. That everything you say in a relationship has potential to cause your beloved joy or sorrow. And everything you do will either strengthen your connection or weaken it. You are a lover when you understand all of this and thus wake up each morning filled with gratitude that you have another day. Yeah, you get diagnosed with a serious form of aggressive cancer and see if that isn't true. In which you love And enjoy your spouse. You see, your lover has the power to delight you. And then their smile, their voice, the scent of their neck, the way they move. They have the power to banish your loneliness. They have the power to turn the ordinary into the sublime. They, they are your doorway to heaven, a little piece of it here on earth. May God help us to lead our wives worthy of the calling that God has given us to be husbands and worthy of the man who it's all about. It all comes back to Jesus and leading our wives the way he so well leads the church. Brothers, I hope that helps you. Remember, write it on your palm, three Ps, because she's going to ask you tonight, what did Mark speak about? And you're going to be so proud. Well, here they are. But, you know, Pretend like you're reaching for your water there in the restaurant, and right before you reach, get that glance.